Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, brought to you by Blue Box Partners, the only show dedicated to small business residential surveyors and valuers, created by surveyors for surveyors. In every episode, you'll learn something new about the vibrant and thriving industry of residential surveying. We don't mind what flavor of surveyor you are or what level of experience you might have. If you're in the business of helping people with their homes, this is the community for you. So I'm delighted to have Joe Ellison and Aaron Daniel with me today on a podcast. Let's start off with, I used to do introductions, introducing people, but now I just get, I'm a bit lazy and I get you to do it yourself. So here we go. Joe, tell us a bit about yourself and your surveying career. Yeah, so I um, work for Pinnacle Surveyors. I generally spend most of my time doing mortgage valuations and scheme tours in the sort of Sheffield and Chesterfield area. I also do a, a little bit of, of private work, but it is generally sort of the, the mortgage valuations for, for lending. Other than that, the, the sort of, I've been a surveyor for a year now. I've been qualified, qualified last spring. So this was meant to be my year of getting getting all my experience in and that's been put on hold. So currently still on furlough, looking forward to get, getting back to work. Cool. And um, when you say qualified, is that ASOC or is that, did you go through your APC? I went to the APC, yes, did a distance learning degree with UCEM and then spent the two years doing the, the APC. Yeah, super. And Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hi. So, I always feel like a bit of an imposter actually talking about it. But so I've been surveying since 2018. And although I've been an associate of the RCS since 2015, and this work, similar to Joe, mainly secured lending work, that's the bulk of what I do, and some private work. Although my last move in terms of jobs kind of was in sort of to try and get a bit more variety in what I do. But yeah, I'm working in based in the Essex area, so I work through up towards East London and back out towards the coast. So yeah, a bit of a varied journey to end up here, but um, I won't go into all of that, I suppose. But yeah, I've been doing similar to, similar to Joe, really. And can I ask you both how old you are? I'm 26. And how I'm going to be 34 you, in a couple of weeks' time. 30, 34, okay. So, not that it makes a difference. I'm 45, not that it makes any difference to anyone. <laughs> so... Number of people listening to this podcast might be thinking, why have I got two young male panelists, if you like, on this podcast? And diversity is a big thing at the moment. But I specifically wanted to speak to you two. You both don't know each other. This is the first time you've uh, virtually met. But I've come across you both on social media, looking at the the posts that you share. Joe, we met ever so briefly and perhaps drunkenly at the Young Surveyor of the Year. Uh, award last was it last year earlier on this uh, year last year like late yeah, last, last year. year yeah such a such a blur a bit of a day <laughs> <laughs> but I was really interested to talk to two young white men deliberately because I think there are some things we need to talk about in terms of diversity in our profession what's going on at the moment but also with the time that this podcast is due to go out I'm trying to plan these podcasts it's it's men's health week and I think there's a lot for us to talk around that. Some of the things that I've seen come across in my career is that actually this is quite a 
an active job, but it's not necessarily a physical job. And our physical health is as important as our mental health. And so I was interested in wondering, if we sort of start there, wondering what you you think about that. Is the industry as you expected? Go to Joe first. I think it is very difficult because the there is the sort of stereotypical surveyor who is older, yes, the older white surveyor, and coming into it from a from a younger perspective, you are I've spent two years over two years in training with older surveyors who taught me bad habits right from the very start and taught me that it's normal to to call and get some fast food while you're in the middle of inspection. So (laughs) you're automatically led down that route of of sort of forgetting about your health. And what about you, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I would agree that predominantly we are, well, we're surrounded by the white, older male colleagues that just... That seems to be as property as I found it and as a whole, really. Like I say, I haven't been a surveyor for a long time, predominantly the last couple of years, but always worked in property, always worked in valuation, really. And whether that was in a state agency, whether that was in valuation or in surveying, I'm surrounded by men and white men and generally older. So only in my last company did I get a bit more exposure to a variety of people from different backgrounds, just because we were geographically more spaced out. And so with more colleagues in the Midlands, with there being a bigger team, there were more women. But that only came as a consequence of working in, in a bigger company. Otherwise, I probably would not have been a, wouldn't have been exposed to that. So as, as young men, we sound young man, young man. <laughs> so as, as young men come into the, into the profession, does it feel to you very masculine? 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. And does that feel odd to you? You know, I mean, when I my my son's ten, and even I notice some of the way the way that he talks sometimes, it's like, well, of course, girls can do certain things. Of course, I've got friends with with brown faces, and it's just like, yeah, right. You know, I tried to talk to him about about racism, about gender equality, and he's like, yeah, it's just what we do, mum. <laughs> you know, they've already got it, but at some point. He's already got it, but at some point, you know, as they as he sort of grows into a young man, things will will change. And I guess from your, and that's why I sort of ask your your age is from your sort of up, upbringing. Does it, you know, you, you said it feels sort of quite masculine, but does it feel does it feel weird? Do you know what I mean? Have um, find the right words for it. Cause it's quite hard to <laughs> get it out. <laughs> does it? You, you know what I'm getting at? It's just that. Does it feel? like a masculine place to work and how do you think you can start to get more exposure to a better diversity? I was still at school 10 years ago and at school you are exposed to such a wide variety of people and then to within space of 10 years go to work environment that is predominantly that older white male it seems sort of wrong in a way and I think we are the sort of people that need to look at how we can change that. I'm not saying I've got all the answers and I know know what to do, but I think we need to put some of what we have grown up with into our work environment. And I think that's really important because, you know, the pressure in many ways is on you as a young white generation to to not let sort of things be repeated and how do how do you change but 
I suppose, what, what help do you think you need in order to do that? Because there are times when you're going to have to stand up and say that that's just not how we do things anymore. And are you going to feel strong enough and brave enough to do that? So what, what help do you think you might need as a, as a generation of young surveyors? Maybe Aaron. You know, I think it's actually really important. Like Joe said, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, we were at school and we were exposed to, you know, mix of gender because gender is, is, you know, the predominant issue that all of us face when we talk of inclusivity. I know that's not, you know, such apparent at the moment, but, you know, you yourself are really heavily involved in women in surveying and so you know that more than anyone. But when you come into environments and especially big corporate environments, just trying to be open-minded and trying to encourage your colleagues or your seniors to be as open-minded as you are can be really difficult. To have an open platform or open discussion is really difficult. And if I'm honest, that's one reason why I found myself climbing up a career ladder and then doing a massive U-turn and heading out of London and big companies as quickly as I could, just because not only was it you know, mismanagement, but people have really closed-minded views of, of what things should look like. And actually, I, whilst I work in a small team, and yes, we're three people and only one is a lady and she does the admin, how stereotypical is that? But actually, I just didn't like what I was a part of, actually, in that sense. And it's just, I don't know how you can encourage people, you know, more senior to be more open-minded, but that's what is needed because we're all capable of it. You know, actually encouraging people into the profession or any profession is all that's needed, you know, at the ground up and encouraging more women, more people from different backgrounds to do it because everyone brings something different, a different perspective. And that's what you need, in my opinion. Joe? Yeah, I think it starts with you need the support of your employer to, to be able to have these conversations. I think we could do with role models in a way, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we need to be the role models. But yeah, you need the, the support of your employer. And I think you need the to be able to, to know that it's all right to say things. And even if what you say is wrong, you still need that support behind you to, to have these conversations and to be able to... to I think it's sometimes about recognising that you're always on a learning curve. No one's going to have all of the the answers. And oh, crikey, you know, I say the wrong thing most of the time. But now we know we do better once somebody sort of points it out. And you you learn the language. You mentioned the Aaron. You mentioned the women in surveying thing that I that I did. And do you know what? That's that's something I just started to talk about. I did this virtual summit back in 2018. I thought I would speak to six women about what it was like to be a woman surveyor. And I ended up speaking to, oh, I think it was something like 26 women over 19 interviews about everything that was going on in their their lives. And it, it sort of took over my life for a while while I was on, on, on garden leave from my, uh, my corporate employer at the time. And all I did was just start talking about it. Now, when I'm on LinkedIn, everyone knows me for that now. And I make no bones about talking about being a woman. It's okay to be a woman, just like it's okay to be from an ethnic minority or even it's okay to be a white man. The difference is that I think you've just got to make a stand and just talk about it. Unless we start talking about these things and being visible, and that's all I'm doing with the women in surveying piece. I just happen to own a domain name. I bought it for 99p off GoDaddy. 
And I thought, if nobody else cares about it, I will purchase that. And that's all we do. We just need to make a stand and be visible. Aaron, I'm interested. You, the reason I sort of came across you, I know your colleague, Paul. Yeah. Also, you started to do some LinkedIn live videos, didn't you? Tell me about that on how that came about. So maybe as a consequence of working alone, and Joe, you probably get this, I don't know how much time you spend in, in an office environment, but coming out of a corporate office environment and working at home, working alone, and then more so in the past 9, 10, 11 weeks where you're totally removed from society, it doesn't mean that you don't have any opinions anymore and actually just trying to keep touch with your counterparts in the industry, I felt was really important. And it, do you know what? I actually, if I'm totally honest, didn't think too much about it at the time. It was just a case of I was on LinkedIn, I saw content, and it do you know, it's just stirred an emotion in me and I actually just wanted to say something. Didn't think about it too much. I put it on record. I recorded it. I didn't listen to it back. I just put it out there. And it really just was a case of reaching out to people and trying to build connections. Um, you know, I'm quite a, a sociable person. I like the office environment when I was in it. And being withdrawn from that, working alone is something I found quite difficult in any case. But actually being really withdrawn through not working at all was something that I just wanted to talk about. You know, and I think it's okay to say when you're having a bad day, you were talking earlier about how physical health and mental health are so well linked, and I couldn't agree more. They go hand in hand. You know, I don't think you can really separate them in some ways. And actually, if you're having a bad day, it's okay to say. And there's so much stigma about big girls don't cry, boys don't cry. But really, I think that's, that's changing every day. And it's okay to put your hand up and say, you know what, I'm struggling here. Um, is anyone else? And, and, and asking the question. So, you know, that's really, it was born out of that, if I'm honest. And are you the kind of person who would normally do little live videos? Had you Never. done anything like that before? No, no, I don't put myself out there like that. You know, I'm quite a vocal person um, for the people that know me. I'm not shy and retiring, but at the same time, putting myself out there publicly is not something I would have done before. And I don't know, it's... Uh, like I say, I don't look back at them. I don't watch them again. I don't um, pay too much attention to what they look like. I just kind of talk, put it out and, and just see what response I get and, and kind of try and have those conversations with people. It's a really good tool. But yeah, there's a real balance of finding the confidence to do it um, and being really self, self-critical self as well. But you know, unless you try and start, you don't know. I remember when I was doing the Women in Surveying Summit and I'd never recorded anything before. The first person that I interviewed was Kate Taylor. I don't know. Uh, I'll pop a link to the to the video in um, uh, in the show uh, podcast show notes. So it was the first one I'd ever done. I remember sitting there, you know, and I just felt like Lorraine Kelly sat on the sofa because it was the video was being been recorded, and I had this list of questions. And she was so good, Kate. She's very experienced. And just and she's a good friend now. But just talking about anything. But that that interview was twenty minutes. As I got into it, you know, one of them actually went on for nearly three hours. <laughs> we were trying to edit. And uh, so I learned a lot about, you know, how to talk, you know, how not to talk, actually being my own authentic self and just jabbering on as I do. Uh, I did a Facebook Live into um, the Surveyor Hub group uh, a couple of weeks ago. And my daughter came in and I was like, no, you can't have a nice dolly, but you can have a breadstick. And it's one of my most popular ones in between talking about whatever, whatever it was. But you've got to be okay with that and comfortable with that. One of the things I'm thinking of doing in the little SME uh, group that I've got is almost like a link Facebook Live challenge because I think it's important to have a practice some of these things. And one of the things I really learned 
when I started doing this a few years ago was people talk about stepping into the performance zone, which is what I was doing with my virtual summits and pretending to be Lorraine Kelly. But just saying, you know, it's okay, you know, checking with how you're feeling and just being yourself. And once you start with, do you know what? I'm having a really rubbish day today and this is what I've been doing. And it then just starts to flow when you're trying to be someone else. It's really hard, but it's so nerve wracking for for many people who've never done anything like it before. Mm. And that's why we set up when lockdown and everything happened, we set up these little surveyor hub conversations and they're really small, small groups, but some people had never used Zoom before. You know, and you need a, a safe place to practice some of this stuff. But but well done for you for reaching out and having a go at these things because it does it does inspire other people. It really does. Yeah, and I think you're right. Actually, I've had a lot of people that have said reached out to me, just dropping me a message privately and saying, "Oh, you know, I haven't come across your profile before. I don't work in surveying, but we're a contact because they work in property." Someone in Lettings actually was someone who messaged me and just said, "Actually, I was having a really crap day and." I watched a video and felt good because actually I knew I wasn't the only one. And that's you know just really random. Someone took the time to message and say that they agreed. And that's all, you know, that's a bonus because I didn't put it out there to, you know, just maybe selfish it sounds. I didn't put it out there to help other people. I put it out there because it's something that I wanted to help myself in a sense. And I wanted to reach out and kind of feel better. And, but someone, you know, as a, as a kind of consequence of that reached out and said, you know, I had a bad day too. And thanks for putting your content out there. And I really like it. Hope to see you again soon. And I just thought, ah, okay, maybe there's something there. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think people are a bit more receptive to to that now, now that we've all been through this really weird time of, of lockdown and not working and rethinking how we communicate and talk about things like mental health and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know whenever I talk about women's stuff you know i always get a little post uh, a little message saying oh thank you for sharing that yeah yeah and it just makes it worth it it does so joe can we persuade you to do any linkedin lives i'm not sure i don't know if i've got the confidence (laughs) yet but but getting there with sort of posting more opinion because i think even that is just a start just to actually voice what you think um that's something that I sort of really battled with because I'm quite an anxious person and I sort of worry about what other people are going to think of what I what I say even like sometimes I wouldn't even dare to sort of comment on posts on the surveyor hub just for fear of what other people how other people might react so I think even just starting to to just go in there and give your opinion is, is a great start and just make you feel better. Do you know what? You're absolutely right, Joe. And one of the things I think you, people can do to start is start with the, you know, yes, I agree or encouraging others, well done for posting or I support that, you know, or here's my experience. You can still contribute and encourage people without going out and being really opinionated. And for many people, you know, they can't actually post publicly because they're not allowed to through their jobs. You know, it's difficult actually when you work for a corporate to have a view, which might actually be a bit different from your, your corporate or your, your, your business. And you're right, you know, not everybody can post or feels confident enough to. My husband doesn't post on anything. You know, he's on, on the different platform, doesn't, doesn't post on, on anything. I think once about 12 years ago, he replied to something once when he was a bit drunk and was mortified and took it off. And it wasn't even that bad. But he, he doesn't even look at anything that I do, 
you know, he knows that I record yeah. these podcasts. He knows that I'm on social media, which doesn't knock at anything. It's probably yeah. a good thing. So I'm, I'm talking about him right now. And he's a really nice bloke. But everybody, you know, but you start somewhere and it's, it's how do you start with gaining that confidence with that visibility and having some safe forums. Now, the, the Facebook group, you know, the Spay Hub is far too big in many ways and there's a lot of opinions in there. What I'm always encouraged by is, you know, we've got nearly 2,000 members in there and most of the posts are read by two-thirds of the people in the group because I've got some little little stats. And I think it's just important to be to be aware of the conversation that's the, that's going on. But equally, you're both different people, you know, and it's okay that you're not out there doing lots of, you know, LinkedIn lives. It's not your thing, but it's in other ways, how do you then, how do you find your own way of being visible? And on that front, you know, that leads into Young Surveyor of the Year award yeah. for the, was it residential category? Valuation. Valuation category. Tell yeah. me about that and how you got into doing something like that. Well, it all started. The I ended up being a finalist in the British Mortgage Awards last year as well. And that was a, you sort of got nominated. I've got no idea who nominated me for that. But but yeah, and that sort of spurred me on to try out some more awards. And the, the Young Surveyor of the Year was a bit more different. I was already a part of Matrix, so I, I knew of the awards. I'd never, never got involved with it before. But yeah, it, it spurred me on and for the Young Surveyor of the Year, you have to do a testimonial, quite a, an in-depth talk about all the, all the different features of, of your career, I suppose. And yeah, it was actually really good because it really got me thinking about what I had done that was not just benefiting me, but benefiting surveyors as a whole. And I had no expectations really, but I ended up being a finalist and then, yeah, winning the evaluation category. So I still don't really know how I did it, but yeah, we got there in the end. So. Oh, well done. I was actually a judge on some of those awards. can't remember which categories now. And I've judged at lots of different awards, actually. I've done customer experience awards. I did a, a, a property journal, I can't remember what it was called, property journalism one earlier on in the year and a young so of the year was. And it's really interesting because you get an insight into people and how an industry works. But you also get a real insight to the person you know, and what, and what makes them tick. And some people have just done some amazing stuff. I mean, if you've listened to some of the podcasts, uh, and we've got a few really good ones coming up, you know, the resilience we have in our industry and uh, how people get to, to where they are in their lives. And very often where we're very values and, and purpose driven, and that's really inspired and invigorated me into thinking, yeah, I love, I love this industry. It's interesting you were talking about your, you know, putting you in submission. One of the things I did a few years ago when I went for my fellowship was to, I started off and actually Kate Taylor actually started me off with it, but I, kept, I just did a mind map. I had like me in the middle. I did this sort of mind map on a scrappy piece of paper of all the things I'm proud of in my career. And that's a really good place to start for any of those or for anything really, from doing your LinkedIn lives, from doing your submissions for awards or, or APC even. Because when you when you sort of talk about things that you're proud of or that you enjoy, you talk passionately about them and it's easy. And so when it comes to doing a submission of any kind, it's a lot easier to talk about things that you like 
you know, as much as anything that's that's really hard, hard work. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think I am quite probably strangely passionate about doing mortgage valuations and probably not many people would agree with me in that, but yeah. Well, Joe, I, can, I, can, I, can I just say that this is a safe nerd zone? Welcome yeah. to the nerd zone. It's allowed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I really enjoy that. And I think something that would I sort of ruined my submission is that I think we as surveyors need to participate more within that group of, of different professionals that deal with mortgages. Yes, we know that potentially brokers might not like us that often, and estate agents might not like us that often, but I don't think we put ourselves out there enough. And I, I think we we need to be more involved with all different categories of professionals within the within the property industry because we sort of sit on the edge and don't don't push ourselves enough. And that comes back to that visibility part, doesn't it? Talking about what what we do, but also I think there's a valuer versus surveyor hat that I think yeah. sometimes needs to be to, to be thought of. Aaron, you do quite a bit of valuation work, don't you? Yeah, and I really agree with Joe, and actually think that above all else, there's a massive superiority complex in the industry. And instead of trying to educate people and involve them and have conversations with the different people that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, most people, and I'll use that really just broad brush, most people would rather just berate the estate agent, berate the broker, berate the vendor, berate the purchaser, because they don't know what they're doing, because they're idiots, because, you know, I know more because I'm a surveyor. And it's actually just nonsense. You know, it's so much... I get a lot more out of estate agents, a lot more out of brokers when I have conversations with them, when I speak to them, when I talk to them. When you go out of your way to help someone, and I'll give a prime example without going off too deep. I did a mortgage valuation last week and they didn't have a CML form ready. And it's every person who's gone to do a new build's worst nightmare because you can't sign it off. Agent didn't have a clue. I helped him, send him in the direction of where he could obtain a CML form so he could send it to his vendor. Guys, like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for your help. Give me all your details. And I've had two referrals from him in a week for private work. Now, most people would say, no, not going to help you. If you're not prepared, not going to do your valuation, strike it off, move on to another one. And that's ludicrous because not only have I got more business, but I've actually built up a really valuable connection with someone in the area and managed to have a conversation that otherwise wouldn't have been there at all. And I just think we're really, like I say, very, very keen to impose our superiority on people and dismiss them. Like Joe said, the brokers are so valuable, not only for referrals, but as a, and as an important part of the information gathering and the, and the chain. And we are part of a much bigger process. You know, we are not just the be all and end all. And I think it's really important to remember that. And that, I guess, sort of leads us back into what we were talking about at the start and this sort of old boys industry that we can sometimes yeah. feel like we're in. And, you know, that sort of, you know, what is professionalism? I, and I am the professional. This is the way that we do things, you know? So you both, we're recording this on Zoom. You're both sort of <laughs> nodding away there. And I guess this is, so as you come in, you see a different way of working and a different way of being professionals. Definitely. Yeah. I think completely agree. And um, from my experience, the the surveyors who don't want to talk to brokers, don't want to talk to lenders, don't want to talk to estate agents are those older males. 
Um, whereas we're coming in from a completely different perspective and we want to have those conversations and make those relationships with, with different parties to, to bring the, the process all together, I suppose. Why do you think they're like that? Is it a generational thing? Is it they've been part of an institution that's 152 years old? Why do you think that is? I think it, it as, as Aaron said, it's the, the superiority um, of the surveyor thinking they are the, the professional and my opinion is the correct opinion. And yeah, it's just sort of ingrained into the into the mindset of, of the professional. But then also, I don't think it helps that within the, the mortgage valuation world, we are told you are not to speak to lenders, you are not to speak to brokers, when sometimes that conversation could be a lot easier than the the difficulties that customers have. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And this all comes back to... Uh, sort of the standards and the framework and the rules that we work within. And I, I often talk a lot about setting ourselves up for success, you know, and whilst we need to have rules and a framework so that we don't get it wrong, it needs to help us get it right. And maybe some of the things we need to look at is the relationship, the cultures that, that we work in, you know, so so that we can sort of break down down some of these barriers. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think going almost full circle you know we were talking about that superiority and why they why some surveyors won't engage with other professionals it even comes back to you know separating the surveyors from the admin team you know front office to back office you know one of the companies i've worked at and some of the surveyors would absolutely hate the way their diary was managed and always moan about how appointments were booked and i never had that problem and you know what i actually had a really good relationship with the team that booked appointments, I had good conversations when I was on the phone um, and just gave people the time of day. And it's really alarming to me in some ways that people don't understand that these things are a two-way street. Oh, actually, my life's a lot easier because I'm nice to people and I made their life easier. Oh, wow, well, that's a revolution. Whereas actually, by being difficult and being a bit of a pain and sometimes just being pig ignorant, um, funny how things don't fall into place quite so, quite so nicely for you. And I think there's so much to be said for that. But, you know, someone doesn't wake up and decide I'm going to be a right pain in the ass to everybody <laughs> that that I work with today. You know, no one comes, I don't believe, unless you've got real issues, no one comes to work to do a bad job. And in part, that's the training that you're given, but also you're that whole sort of relationships. And, and maybe it's that a lot of people haven't had that experience. You know, they've been very pigeonholed in the work that they're allowed to to do and not to do and part of that whole home buying process you know then they're not allowed to see the terms or they don't get involved with that they just go and do do the job so but it's it's all it's all learned you know and one of the things that that I found I know certainly helped me in my career a few years ago was that I learned about the kind of person that I am not that I went on some woo-woo trip of you know finding my inner self or anything like that but I, you know, I learned about my skills and I often talk about surveying superpowers and that's not just whether you're really good at detecting damp by smell or anything like that or, the, or a blindfold test. It's, it's more about recognizing where your strengths are and, and how to use them. And one of the things I realized that really helped me was, you know, I do what I do. I just happen to do it in the world of surveying. And we define ourselves by being surveyors. Yeah, every single one of us is really different. 
And some of us will be really good with customers and some of them, you know, that will put the fear of God in many of us to, to talk to them because we've never learned how to do it or never been supported and or it's not encouraged. A lot of people could feel really frustrated because they don't have the control over their diaries, you know, when they want to have more freedom. And so I think, you know, I think we do have to have some compassion for some of these people who come in and are just really grumpy because nobody wants to be like that. You know, we've all got different personalities and that's why I think some of these sort of profiling tests and things that are out there. Yeah. You know, it's a tool, you can take it with a a pinch of salt, but I think it just helps to understand the kind of person you are. And I don't think many, dare I say, mature generation surveyors have had any personal development in that way or be encouraged to because most CPD I see is on the technical stuff mm-hmm. or it's on soft skills, you know, yeah. which is not the same. So have either of you had any personal development or coaching in any way? No, I haven't. I mean, I would say that just like going back to what you said about doing what you do, you just happen to do it in the world of surveying. And you said that a few weeks ago to me. And at the time I didn't really get it. And only really having this conversation now, it makes me think, you know, we are all just people. We just happen to be working in surveying that or you know, valuing. That's what we're doing. And actually, like you say, some of us are a bit more sociable. Some of us can deal with people in different ways. And that does totally make sense. I have always been that way and would talk to anybody, which, you know, can drive people nuts sometimes. But, you know, and that made me perhaps more confident growing up certain hobbies that I did meant I was exposed to I spent my time a lot more with girls than I was with boys and that just meant I wasn't scared of girls actually and so that means that I can have conversations quite easily with women as I can as easily with men it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate locker talk and spending time with my mates after football but at the same time I can have pretty decent conversations with anyone that doesn't mean it just means that I'm not scared uh, by doing that and, and not everybody's the same you know like you say, a lot of our older colleagues have worked in male-dominated in a male-dominated industry, male-dominated offices forever. So it wouldn't be any different to them, you know. So actually, this is this is a massive a massive thing. Whereas, like Joe said, we were at school not that long ago, in theory, um, and depending on what you're into, you know, you spend time with different people all the time. So, but you, Joe? Yeah, I think I think I am on that journey at the minute to of finding my voice and finding my confidence. I have been, I, at the minute, I am that person that is terrified of doing home buyers because of having to speak to the customer. And just the thought of having to, to actually ring somebody is, is terrifying to me. But I am sort of on the journey of how to overcome that. And like going back to where we were saying about posting on LinkedIn and, and getting that confidence to, to do things like that and it's quite interesting whilst i've been off on on furlough i've actually done a a bit of a well-being course and the first thing in that course was to do one of these let's um find your your character sense so i am all about that at the minute and yeah i think just learning about it really helps you to become a, a bit of a happier person and just puts more confidence into you to do the things you want to do. And with you both being a bit younger, can I ask you, have you been through the home buying and mortgage process yourself? Because one of the things I've, uh, I recognized early on when I ran a complaints and claims team was that they were dealing with 
claims and, and disputes, but actually they'd never owned a home and they would never on the salaries that they were at and, and all of those things. So it's quite hard for them to have real empathy and to understand. And I see that sometimes with some surveyors who've actually never had to go you know, uh, and buy their first flat. Because I think there's a, a misconception that all surveyors are dripping with gold and we can all afford, you know, fantastic houses, you know, and actually we're no different to anybody else. But how have you found that that experience? And has that made a difference to your work having done it, so to speak? Yes, I, I've been through the process and I completely agree that before going through it, I, was, I wasn't as aware as I am now. And if anything, seeing all the different parts of the process and meeting with all the different people within the process uh, spurred me on to see where we as surveyors can can make a bit of a difference. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think there's a lot of difference to be made by having those conversations with people. Just, you know, some reassuring comments on inspections from time to time. And also, you know, that was a small thing, but from someone like myself who my property career started in the state agency and hands up for the first 12 months, I probably didn't know the difference between freehold and leasehold. So you can see how even someone working in that industry doesn't have the tools they need mm. to sell property, let alone someone that they're trying to help to buy a property. So how would they know? And I think having exposure to different parts like that can make you more sensitive. The stresses that come with it, because let's face it, it's probably one of the biggest things that most of us do in our lives and there's so much at stake and people are so informed actually a reassuring comment and having conversations with people about it can make so much difference and i think just taking that time to speak to people is so important it is and everyone always says it's the biggest purchase you'll ever make and all of that but you know what i think it's the most significant thing that you will do that will affect your emotional and physical security and i think we need to think Think about it that way rather than just, you know, lots of, you know, the, the big money that you'll spend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of the biggest things that you'll do in your life that you know so little about. You know, most decisions that we make, whether that's a job change, um, whether you want to have children, where you want to go on holiday um, for your once in a lifetime trip, you make these really informed decisions and you do your, you know, your research and you understand about it as much as you possibly can. Whereas for most people, they're buying and selling a house. An average house price in my region is, say, £250,000. That is a massive amount of money for someone to borrow, to purchase, and to have very little idea about what the process actually entails. So we started talking about... Oh, crikey, we've covered all sorts of things today. It's been really good, really good to chat to you. As a, as a, as a final point, I guess, what does, do you think your, your generation of surveyors needs support with? And how do you think you can help support this older generation that we've talked about today? I mean, if I was going to take a stab at that. Um, so that's a big question. Massive <laughs> um, to try and close up with. I think it's you. I've listened to lots of your podcasts and not pretending to be a fanboy because I did about four of them this morning um, back to back before doing this with you. Um, but talking about work-life balance, um, you talk about work-life integration. And I would say that trying to, whichever, however you want to term it, trying to find that balance has become so important. 
especially now with maybe a lot of people that are going to end up working from home more than they were before and doing that more often. I think it's probably just about trying to create more time for yourself and realizing actually what's important because it's really easy and Joe will know um, very easy to get caught up with cracking six points out in a day, doing them as well and as efficient as possible and working so hard. And before you realize it's Wednesday, you're three days down in the week um, and you've barely come up for air. And I think it's time that you kind of remember to put yourself first, take a step back from things and realize what's important. And if that means actually, you know, don't do six points one day, do three and take some time for yourself, taking time between appointments or, you know, closing that laptop down at certain points, walking around the block, having a cup of tea, removing those distractions. I think the balance is, has become so important. And especially now, like I say, where that work life, those scenarios are just mashed together so intensely. Um, and so I would just say to people, try and find balance, how, whatever that means to you and try and take some time for yourself away from it. Mm, really good points. How about you, Joe? I think we need collaboration between all of us as surveyors and and as we've discussed with, with other professions. I think we need confidence to to speak our minds and to learn more. And if we are going to be the, the business leaders of tomorrow, we need the, the training that isn't just the technical training. We need the business training as well because it's, Yes, you can obviously go elsewhere to do that, but that isn't always surveying centred. We need that that training that that focuses on how to run a surveying business properly and well. And then I think we all just need to support each other as the young generation. And that is where I think RSF Matrix also plays a a great part in in letting us have our own group, if if you will, to to just meet up and just be ourselves and be able to discuss all the different different things that we're doing and yeah just give give us that support between each other you've been listening to the surveyor hub podcast we'd love it if you leave a review and let us know how we're doing and if you want to find out more about how we're making a difference visit us at blueboxpartners.com